Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It is time for our weekly look at one of the most interesting cities in the world and the things that go on within the 48 blocks that constitute it. That's right. It's time for the AC Report. When we hear the other side of midnight, take a look at what's happening in Atlantic City. I couldn't be more thrilled about our guest this morning. He is a veteran journalist. He's worked at some of the best publications in America. And he is currently covering, among other subjects, the expansion of legal gambling all over the country, really, for usbets.com. I'm very pleased uh, to welcome John Brennan. Hello there, John. Good morning. Yeah. Hi, Frank. Thanks for having me. You know, I got to tell you, I've covered gambling issues in the New York, New Jersey region for probably 20 years or so. And the last four years have included probably more twists and turns than any other period of those two decades. So, you know, I realize it's a lot lot to ask a listener to try to get their head around it uh, while they're trying to lead a normal life. So I can understand. I appreciate that. uh, That that is for sure. Now, you're not related at all to the former director of the CIA, John Brennan, are you? uh, No. In fact, uh, I always like to say, if uh, if somebody named Brennan has money, I'm not related to them, <laughs> including him. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, what exactly is usbets.com? Uh, yeah, well, it's a uh, uh, basically a, uh, a news outlet that covers, as I said, the expansion of the gambling all across the country. So there's about a dozen websites. There's a njonlinegambling.com. There's a penbets.com, right? mibets.com for Michigan, and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, we're adding more sites as the – uh, gambling expansion continues. And so, um, you know, it's funny because the a newspaper at a, as a core business, what they what they had was they did a lot of local reporting to attract an audience. And then when they got a good size circulation, they pretty much had a local market. Right. So then businesses want to advertise uh, to those customers. How, you know, where do they find customers in the region? Well, they go to the uh, to that newspaper and then they went to their website, you know, 20 years ago. And as newspapers are kind of dying off, this is sort of a substitute where, but it's the same concept. So I cover gambling uh, expansion in the same way I did for the Bergen record four year, four or five years ago. Um, you know, everything about it, good, bad, and ugly, you know, all that's the same, you know, as I'm doing. It's just that it's on website specifically. There's no, you know, newspaper, uh, you know, leftover to uh, to deal with anymore. But it's basically the... Uh, uh, the same business model where we attract a lot of customers that are interested in understanding the expansion of gambling and what's legal, what's illegal, what's good and bad. And so that draws eyeballs that are attractive, obviously, to uh, online casino companies, sports betting companies, that sort of thing. So that's done the business model. But just like with a traditional newspaper 30 years ago, our news division is just a news division. We cover all the events. We don't, you know, I'm aware of kind of how the business works a little bit, but it has nothing to do with our coverage. Mm-hmm. Understood. Now, it may seem odd for a segment that's ostensibly about Atlantic City to begin in New York, but uh, given the news that we're seeing 
this week that within any day now, really, with this week or uh, possibly as soon as tomorrow, if this New York state budget passes, we could see an agreement to put a casino of all places in Manhattan, uh, which I never thought I'd see. As an analyst of the gambling business, what would a Manhattan casino mean for gambling interests in Atlantic City? Well, I mean, the simple answer would seem to be, well, that's terrible, right? A lot of people who live in the New York City area, why would they bother going to Atlantic City anymore? That's going to hurt their business. But, you know, I've been covering this so long. I mean, if you go back 16 years when Pennsylvania and New York first opened their casinos, the prevailing wisdom was, oh, Atlantic City won't be hurt at all. You know, they've got the higher-end casinos. They've got better uh, entertainment, much better restaurants. They've got live dealer table games. They've got so many more attractions than these sort of local spots in Pennsylvania and New York that people will still keep going. Boy, was that wrong. Within five years, their <laughs> revenue was the revenue was down about 50% in five years, okay? They, what they forgot was that gamblers, if they don't travel for two hours, not only the time is saved, they're not spending money on gas, they're not spending money on tolls, they're not spending money on other things. That gives them more money to gamble. That's what gamblers like to do, right? So it was a flawed concept. Well, so what happens after that? New Jersey lawmakers are desperate now, about 10, 12 years ago. How do we find a new source of revenue for the casinos? And not only because there's thousands of jobs in South Jersey involved, obviously, but also the, the casinos used to supplement the horse racing industry in New Jersey. And that industry had already been dying. And so if the casinos, casinos go down, they take the horse tracks with them. And without the horse tracks, you lose the horse farms. Without the horse farms, you've got condos all over the you know, concrete state. So, uh, so what can they possibly do? And then in 2011, they come up with the idea, let's have a referendum to see if we can get citizens to, in, in the state to legalize sports betting. What the heck? And the residents approved it overwhelmingly. So then at that point, the NFL and the other leagues sued because they had a right to sue against this uh, because of federal law. And the prevailing wisdom, again, was, well, there's no way that uh, New Jersey is ever going to win this thing. Well, six years later, the Supreme Court strikes down the federal law and basically gives uh, Nevada's monopoly the heave-haw, when now any state can happen, and, and here we are. And finally, just a few months ago, you know, the arrival of mobile sports betting in New York, that was definitely going to shave, oh, 20, 25 percent of the revenue numbers in New Jersey, right? Those customers don't have to cross the Hudson River anymore. And then New Jersey's numbers in January and February came out. They've remained plenty strong. So for whatever reason, uh, you know, gambling and what's going to happen with the next step it doesn't seem to mesh with the, the conventional wisdom very often. Uh, so uh, given what you just said, the life lessons from competition from Pennsylvania and elsewhere, and that the conventional wisdom is so often wrong, what would be your prediction for what a Manhattan casino would mean for Atlantic City? Well, I, I, I do think it would hurt, and in part because, um, you know, you have to realize that if you go back from, like, say, the mid-2000s to the, uh, the mid-2010s, Wall Street analysts were saying for years, 12 casinos in Atlantic City is way too many uh, competitors in a market. They're not big enough to handle it. And so something has to give. And then in 2014, unfortunately, four casinos closed. And then in 2016, another one closed. So they're down to seven. Well, this is thousands of jobs and, and lost in the economy in South Jersey. Uh, there were times when Atlantic County was the, uh, the foreclosure capital of the United States. I mean, it was just a disaster. And then but of course, the seven remaining casinos had a chance to survive because they had less competition. And then two more casinos opened in 2018, and now there's nine. So is that too many? I mean, that's borderline. So it's not just that they might be hurt by uh, a casino in Manhattan, let's say, but that they're, they're, they're not that definitely solid enough that if they really take a bigger hit than they expect, 
that they're all going to stay in business. And that's what the real concern is. And I, I think it's a fair concern. Yeah, you're right. I don't want to make any assumptions based on what my experience has been before. But it would seem to stand to reason that it would be harmful to them. Uh, talking with John Brennan, he's a journalist. He writes for usbets.com, does a lot of great work on there related to horse racing, related to gambling in general, and related to Atlantic City. Uh, if the two other spots, and they're trying to get three casinos in the New York City area, if the two other spots are in Yonkers and Queens, which appears to be at least a strong possibility, would that be the same deal, same deal as a Manhattan casino, you think? Uh, well, possibly, because, you know, right now, uh, Aqueduct and, and Yonkers are what they call racinos. So if you're just a slot machine player, you got all you need. They got thousands of slot machines, right? It's great. But for a lot of people, the casino experience, the full casino experience is they want to have live dealer table games. They sure. want to play poker against other people. They want to play blackjack, craps, and, you know, things that people see in the movies if they don't go to casinos themselves. And um, so that would be a big upgrade. So there are probably people in both Westchester and Queens, who aren't satisfied with the racing you know, idea. So they're going to Atlantic City to get the full boat. And so if those change, that's a, that's a big deal. So it is an issue. And, uh, you know, it's ironic the two uh, lawmakers in New York who are the most influential in Albany uh, based on gambling issues are Gary Pretlow from Yonkers and Joseph Adabo, whose Queens district includes Aqueduct. So mm-hmm. uh, not only are those the most logical places to to turn into casinos anyway, you just have to upgrade an existing building. But the two most powerful lawmakers involved also uh, are certainly backing that idea. So I take those two as a given. They're a lock. So now the third one is the question. I'm not as convinced as you that the casino winds up in Manhattan. You know, there's so much political opposition to it. I even talked to Adabo recently, and he, he wasn't that keen on the idea of a Manhattan casino. He feels like he wants it to go somewhere that is an area, you know, they used to call it a need of redevelopment, a need of upgrade, you know, that, that really could get a big economic boost. Well, I mean, that makes Manhattan sense. That, that all makes sense. I mean, I think Manhattan's an awful spot for a casino, uh, personally. Mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been talking about it for all those, all those reasons. You mentioned that sports betting referendum and then the legal challenges that ended up all the way Way, uh, to the Supreme Court. Yeah. What has the legalization of sports betting meant for Atlantic City? Uh, well, it, it's worked out very well because, uh, in fact, it worked out better than they could have dreamed because, you know, when COVID hit, okay, so New York casinos shut down, right? They have no revenue, nothing. They, don't, they didn't have online sports betting. They don't have online casino to this day. But in New Jersey, the people who wanted to go to Atlantic City Casino but can't go anymore – some of them weren't playing online yet, right? They can play any game they want. Any casino game in New Jersey, you can play on your phone if you like. So a lot of those people switched over to doing that. And also sports betting had arrived, and they could do that too. So uh, the uh, New Jersey casinos, the Atlantic City casinos, were actually getting a revenue stream throughout the COVID era. And it, it may have actually literally you know, kept a couple of their doors open. So that worked out really well for them. And you know, it took a while for the casinos to sort of – uh, get a hold of this thing. And keep in mind, 90% of the uh, bets on in New Jersey take place online. I mean, there's plenty of betting at the casinos, but it doesn't hold a candle to across the entire state and how many people like to gamble on their phone. And um, recently, New York, right before the end of football season, they legalized online mobile sports betting. And the state of New York is taking a pretty big chunk of the proceeds. I think it's about a 51 percent tax on the proceeds from uh, sports betting that's done on mobile phones and so forth in New York. Has the the legalization of mobile sports betting in New York 
hurt sports betting in New Jersey? Does the data suggest that anyway? Uh, not yet it hasn't. I mean, it doesn't help, but I don't think it, it really is going to make that big of a difference. But, mm. you know, I'm so intrigued by the operators because, you know, New Jersey's tax rate is, is like one-third or one-fourth of what New York's is, right? So they are very upset about New York's rate. And, you know, I've mentioned a couple of times in my podcast that, you know, when it comes to gambling, New York is like that remarkably attractive and high-maintenance man or woman that you dated when you were young. And <laughs> you, didn't want, you, you didn't want to put up with a lot of things, right? But it's just, it's just so hard to resist. Now, you know, New York is the largest state in the country that offers any legal sports betting, much less mobile betting. So, you know, when it, when it comes time for these same gambling operators who groused about the tax rate that's so high to decide whether to try the New York market anyway – there were no shortage of bettors among the big players, and seven applications wound up being approved. I mean, they don't like it, but if you're a New York taxpayer, especially if you're not a gambler, you're like, this is great. We're making hundreds of millions of dollars a year thanks to this high tax rate. So, um, again, New York is so big and so appealing that they just couldn't resist. So the bottom line for taxpayers is it's a bonanza as long as the operators stick around for bettors, and so far that's fine. Now, the high overhead costs could lead to, like uh, – you know, unappealing odds down the road where operators feel like I, I can't make enough money with this tax rate to keep my, my doors open. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll make the gamblers pay more per lost bet. Of course, that may turn them off and turn them onto the illegal market. But, um, you know, there, it's going to be interesting to see if these big companies can really hang in there at that massive tax rate. There seems to always be a great deal of news surrounding the Atlantic City pilot program, and uh, including this week, it seems like there's a lot of people discussing and debating the future of the Atlantic City uh, pilot program. Explain to those of us who are New Yorkers and those of us that uh, are laymen, what exactly is the Atlantic City Casino pilot program? Yeah, of course, the pilot stands for payments in lieu of taxes. I mean, basically, they're taxes, but they're just uh, worked out a little differently. So if you go back six years ago, think about Atlantic City Casino, right? They're not making that much money off online casino yet. Sports betting is, is just a dream, and they don't know if they're ever going to get that. And they're taking on water financially. So they work out a deal that instead of paying classic real estate taxes, they would just make these annual pilot payments instead, knowing that if things got worse, then it would be simpler for them this way they have to pay less so they could sort of hang in there. But, of course, that online casino revenue explodes in the past six years, and now you have what's going to be a growing uh, pilot bill for them, right? And then the casinos point out, look, we're partners in this mobile sports betting and this online casino deal, but it's the operators that keep the bulk of the revenue, not us. They, get, they keep about two-thirds or so. So that means it hardly does seem fair for the casinos to have to pay a full tax, right, on revenue that mostly doesn't even go to their pockets. Well, and now, uh, we get, now we get to where politics comes in, and it's true in almost every state, includes New York, right? Looks to me as a third party, how about an objective approach to be fair to everyone? Charge the casinos full price on their own revenue at their casinos, and then only one-third or so of the revenue from those two new, new sources of gambling dollars, because that's about how much the casinos get to keep. Well, but, of course, the, legis the legislature instead passed a law that late last year, quickly signed into law by Governor Murphy, that eliminates the new revenue uh, from the tax equation entirely. I'm not sure that's fair either. Why is that? What was the rationale behind eliminating the new revenue from the tax uh, from the tax year entirely? Well, uh, outgoing state senator Stephen Sweeney sort of infamously lost his uh, his reelection bid in November. He uh, testified before a panel in Trenton that he thinks that four of the nine Atlantic City casinos will close unless they get a break on this, and that was met with a lot of skepticism, but. Remember, you're talking about lawmakers who saw five casinos close 
between 2014 and 2016. Sure. So it's not one of those things of like, oh, come on, that could never happen. They never close a casino. Casinos make money, blah, blah, blah. Well, it happened. So it made them kind of nervous. And I think it was enough to say, you know what? Let's give the casinos a break just in case they need it. Well, that's fair. Um, there has been a lot of discussion and a lot of uh, wondering about the future when it comes to esports betting. I'm not even completely sure I understand what esports are. What are we talking about when we talk about esports, and how do people bet on that stuff? Yeah, it's a little difficult for people over fifty like myself <laughs> who aren't covering this industry to understand that it's not that unusual. Well, pre-COVID, anyway for an arena to attract 15,000 people to go there to watch young people play video games on large screens that they watched and, and playing the comp- kind of competitive game. You know, I guess the parallel is if you're a kid, you're playing football, basketball, and then you want to watch the pros play on TV because they're even so much better at the game than you are. And you can relate, you understand the game because you mm-hmm. play it. Right. And so that's true of younger people too. They play uh, Madden 22, Call of Duty, Overwatch, uh, League of Legends, all these games. So they want to see somebody who's the best in the world at it. And that's what these people are. And so uh, just this week, a company called Esports Entertainment Group, they were approved by the New Jersey regulators. So now they're offering, as of today, uh, betting on various esports tournaments going on. You know, look, I don't know anything about these games, by the way, either. But, um, you know, it, it's, just, it's just kind of what's next, right? And for casinos, they really like it because in Atlantic City, they want to have – they want to be the national center for esports uh, tournaments. They, the first one was in uh, March where they had a Madden 22 contest, attracted hundreds of competitors and, and hundreds of other people who wanted to watch the competitors, right? So how do you get a young person to a casino? That's been a difficult, difficult uh, idea and, and concept for these casinos, and now they seem to have a way. Um, but, you know, so you, you might wonder what's New York going to do with this. Well, I mean, a lot of gambling innovation dating back to the 1970s, it, orig- it originates in Nevada, New Jersey. Then certain other states tend to be not too far behind, certainly Delaware, sometimes Pennsylvania, Michigan, or Mississippi, but New York, they tend to be less aggressive on that front across the board. Uh, it could be years before either online casino gaming or esports betting is available. New Jersey has them all already. As it stands now, though, which casinos in Atlantic City, if any, are offering the opportunity to bet on esports? Or is this all just future prospects? Well, I mean, Hard Rock Casino is the one that hosted this this first tournament. And other casinos certainly are interested in this. Um it's just it, it's it's been talked about as the next big thing for five years, and mm. you know especially since uh, since sports betting was legalized. Like, well, this is what this is what young people watch. Some of them don't even watch the NBA or the NFL, right? They just follow this stuff, and so you want to get them. It's it's a lucrative idea, um, but it hasn't quite you know borne fruit, fruit yet. But that's why I say like New Jersey tends to be the uh, the pioneer. So they're going to do this. They're doing it now. And then in six months or a year or 18 months, other states are going to look and see how did it work out. And like the other things, it's probably going to work out pretty well. And eventually it's going to spread. But uh, it's just, you know, to me, if you're a casino executive, you just have to look at what's the bottom line. I'm trying to get people to gamble. How do I get them to gamble? It may seem confusing at first that, you know, people under 30, they want to watch other people play video games, right, or esports. It, it's hard to it's hard to imagine a little bit, but that's that's what it is. That's how it is. That's what they watch. And so there's no point in sort of thinking, well, that makes no sense to me. If you're a businessman, you you go where the customers are, and you and you 
do something that's going to appeal to those customers. So I think that's why this is going to roll out, you know, quite a bit in the next several years, but it may take several years. We I spoke last week with the one of the vice presidents over at Bally's. He was describing this new revolving bar that's opening next month at Bally's. It sounds pretty neat to me. Um, uh, what's your take on this? Is this the kind of thing that will maybe bring back Bally's to its former glory? It's had a few a rough few years. Yeah, this is really intriguing to me for a couple of reasons. Um, one is last fall I went down to Atlantic City and, and I took a tour of Bally's with some of the executives and. You know, this was a Caesars property that was kind of overlooked for a number of years. Caesars Entertainment had two other casinos in the city that they sort of favored. And so Bally's was sort of left out. And not only did longtime visitors decide to stop staying there because they didn't like the look of the place anymore, but the executives had found out that a lot of the feedback they got from people was saying, yeah, that's not a good place to go. I don't want to go there. And it turned out they had never even stayed there. Mm. But the word of mouth was so strong. So there's a lot to overcome for Bally's. They're pretty much the ninth casino, right, out of nine. So the bar itself is called Carousel, and it's going to move about as slowly as a revolving restaurant does. And look, there's only 24 seats, so what's the big deal? But Bally's is on the Atlantic City boardwalk. And if any visitors hear some good buzz about this casino, it's easy enough to stop in at this bar, see what it looks like. It's kind of cool. It's near the completely renovated new lobby near the refurbished area for table games and slot machines you're going to get people to say hey this place looks okay and hundreds of the rooms have been redone also so if somebody decides to stay again they're going to share on social media with their friends wow i got a good deal in the room and this place is beautiful it looks like they just uh, uh, painted it a couple months ago which will be true by the way so i think it's a good idea for them to do everything they can to change, try and change the perception. That's hard to do after a long time, right? If somebody has been down on a name or a brand for 15, 20 years, it's tough to win them over. But I, I think they're spending more than $100 million on all this. So uh, they're certainly putting the effort in. And I think we're going to see this summer if this is going to move the needle. Uh, I'm looking forward to checking it out at least once uh, to see the see mm-hmm. the novelty. How are the uh, casino numbers out of the gambling numbers in general coming out of Atlantic City these days? Are things looking up for 2022? Uh, they are, of course. I mean, it's not a surprise that uh, in January and February, the numbers overall for the industry are up probably almost 30 percent because there's, there's less COVID, right? It's not no COVID at that point. But it's much less. So they're certainly, you know, turning the corner on that. And um, I, I think that this summer in particular is going to be huge. I mean, my sentiment is, and I, I have nephews and nieces and I know other young people, because of the fact that, A, they're young and maybe a little reckless, and B, they knew that COVID was mostly striking much older people. They weren't as cautious about They might not say much or, you know, they might just have a house party and try not to let anybody know they're all getting together. But they haven't been, you know, hiding in hiding for two years. They just haven't been. But people 40, 50, 60 and over, certainly they were much more cautious and rightly so. So I think a lot of them haven't been to Atlantic City in two years. And they probably usually go in the summer. That's the high season. So I think we're going to see a kind of a, a I don't know if it's a boom or a baby boom. We're going to see uh, on the boardwalk and all across Atlantic City this summer. I think the number's going to be very, very good. Well, it's uh, going to be an interesting summer as we uh, as we get there, just a couple of months away from the nice weather months, which Atlantic City has always done well in, even when they struggle in the uh, in the off off summer months. Uh, John, it's oh, it's really a pleasure to talk with you. I hope you'll come back soon. Absolutely. Sounds great. Thanks, Frank. Uh, Check out John Brennan at usbets.com. You want to comment on any portion of our discussion, you're welcome to give me a call. 1-800-848-WABC. That's 1-800-848-9222. This is The Other Side of Midnight. Straight ahead.